0: Welcome to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. Today, you're going to hear about an ambitious project that the San Diego Public Library has taken on. With their Out of the Shadows program, they are tackling sex trafficking in their community. Our guest, Addie Huertas, is branch manager of the Logan Heights branch of the San Diego Public Library. Addie spearheaded the project after an encounter at the library brought the realization of the scope of the problem, not just in San Diego, but throughout the world. Welcome, Addie. Thank you. For those who may not be familiar with the topic, what is sex trafficking? So sex trafficking is the
1: exploitation of a person by the means of including coercion or deceit to engage in commercial sexual activity. This could include prostitution, exotic dancing, and pornography.
0: But how bad is it here in the U.S., and particularly in San Diego?
1: San Diego is on the FBI's list as one of the top 13 highest sex trafficking areas in the country, especially related to minors. I know human trafficking worldwide, it's estimated 27 million people are trafficked each year worldwide. Approximately 18,000 of those folks are from the United States. It's not something that's very obvious, but one thing that made it obvious to me was when I dealt with a, a situation as a teen center manager, we interact with teens every day and there was a, an instance that really kind of stood out to me and it kind of brought this to light and it was a young lady that was sleeping in one of our study rooms. So I went in to speak with her and right away she was very defensive and um, she was just kind of looking around and you know, saying I didn't do anything, you know, it was just, just very on the defense. And I noticed she just looked a little disheveled. And she just looked like she was just not in a good place. We we're very lucky that our library partners with mental health systems and we have somebody for mental health systems on site. So I reached out to him and asked him if he could come with me to speak with the team. If she needed anything, maybe we can connect her with some resources. The one thing that she kept mentioning during this first interaction was that she needed to check in with her boyfriend. That she needed to talk to him. Her phone wasn't working. And what she really needed was a phone so she could communicate. She was, but she just looked really upset about this. And so what we did is we, we did um, make the phone available to her and kind of just follow it up and at, let her know, you know, if you need anything else, these are some of the resources and whatnot, and then she just left that day. She returned to the library a few weeks later and I noticed her as I was going down the escalator, she was coming up, and I noticed that she had changed her hair completely. And so I said, Hi, I think, you know, I'm glad you came back. I, I like your haircut. I mentioned her haircut and right away she was kind of taken aback that I noticed and I remembered her. In this situation again, she needed to use the phone and she was kinda of desperate state. We we're like, I can I use the phone. She ended up using the security guard's phone and she called somebody and she hung up. Right after that, the person that she called called back and spoke to security and said, this person just called me from your phone. It's my daughter. She's been missing for months. At this point, we had to get police involved and they kind of took over. But one of the things that kind of came from that was that she may have been a victim of sex trafficking and she had been a runaway for a long period of time. And, and I don't know if that was her call out for help to call her mom and then hang up. But um that's kind of one of the first times that I just taken it back and kind of like this is an issue. And then as I started working with more folks in the community and learning more about it, then I realized how big of a problem this was in our in our community.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided that the library could help in some way?
1: I did bring up this incident to our administration and our administration decided there was an opportunity to apply for a grant for the Rancho Santa Fe Women's Fund. That you could present any type of project that you know would be beneficial to the community, and they would possibly fund it through this grant. We were able to receive twenty-five thousand dollars in opportunity from the Rancho Santa Fe Women's Fund because they were very interested in this topic and addressing this this need in the community. And our San Diego Public Library Foundation actually matched the funds with an additional twenty-five thousand dollars to continue this program. And what this components of the program would involve would be staff training, team advocacy, community outreach, and public awareness. So, this was kind of a, a collaboration. This was kind of me bringing the incident to light with the administration and then us realizing that this was something that was important for the library to start a public awareness campaign and to also train staff on how to recognize that this might be an issue or recognize the science and how to make resources available to the public as a safe space for the community.
0: So, what are the components of the staff training?
1: 93% of our staff actually received the frontline training to identify 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 potential victims, and provide resources in the library. It was developed, actually, through a collaboration with the Bilateral Safety Corridor Coalition Mental Health Systems and uh, San Diego Police Department, City Human Resource Commission, and the District Attorney's Office and other agencies as well. And what this involved, it was training for a couple of hours just to learn about the history of sex trafficking and to learn about resources and to learn about how to recognize the science and what the library can do in terms of raising awareness. So that training was available to staff in person, and then it was recorded and also available to staff online and every staff person had to take this training. The other thing that was available, because this is such a, a very heavy topic and sometimes mm-hmm. difficult to digest, there was administration was available to, to speak to any staff that didn't feel comfortable with it and also referred them to our employee uh, assistance program if staff felt like they needed some additional support right. in terms of learning about this topic to be able to have those resources for our staff.
0: And were staff generally receptive or did you get pushback?
1: Not everybody was receptive. This is a very serious, heavy topic. And when you start learning about it and kind of just really getting into it, it is hard to digest sometimes. So there were some staff that had concerns. Library wanted to make sure that they were there for those folks that wanted to have a conversation about this or that didn't feel comfortable with this so that they could only take a certain part of the training or just focus on the awareness and the resources. There were a lot of questions in the beginning, but I think once staff kind of understood what our role was in terms of raising awareness and that we're not going in and rescuing victims, but we're a, a community resource to help with resources and information. I think people, were able to understand it a little bit better.
0: And as far as community partners, are you working with a local police departments or?
1: We are working with several folks. The Bilateral Safety Corridor Coalition, they have been doing this work in the community for a very long time, and they are the ones that we partnered to provide the training and to give the statistics. So we're working with them. We also work with the San Diego Police Department, with our City Human Relations Commission our mental health system. So I mentioned that we had already a partnership with them. And then this is kind of, they've also partnered with us on this particular project and our district attorney's office, local organizations in the community that are doing something to address this issue to schools, to just community organizations that are interested in this topic, health organizations. So it's a variety of folks. And what we're doing is we are having community conversations. We have seven li- branch libraries in our system. We have a total of 36 libraries. And there are seven branch libraries that are hosting informational resources with material and with books and, and just that are kind of like the informational hubs, including our main library downtown. But we are also having community conversations and community programs around this this topic. And so what the community conversations do is bring all these folks that are committed to raising awareness or to helping with this problem in our community that want to get involved. The other component that we have is our teen peer advocate program, which is an element where we want youth to learn about this and to empower themselves and to share this information with their peers. That involved 14 students that work to create informational resources and directed young people along with one-hour presentations to inform them about the problem of sex trafficking. And the Tinker Advocates have actually presented to nearly 500 people so far and they're planning to conduct more presentations in the high school and middle school level along with outreach and public events. So that's been a good way to measure. They've been able to get into the schools and present to an entire school or Mm -hmm. to a class or a couple of classrooms. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times too, unfortunately, a lot of the young people that are victims of sex trafficking are, they're very young and a lot of times, sometimes they're even being recruited by their peers or by what they think is like maybe a boyfriend or something like that. So a lot of times we know that youth and teens are more receptive to hear something from their peers than they are from an adult. I recently was also informed that at one of the local high schools, um, students were inspired by what they heard from the presentations that one classroom out of, I believe they had 30 students, 25 of them chose to do presentations on And research on the topic of sex trafficking. So now they have invited us to, to view their presentations that are going to be displayed in June, and they wanted us to have the library to have a booth there to answer questions about the sex trafficking and, and just awareness in and, and, and the community.
0: I know this is a complex topic, but can you share what are some signs of sex trafficking activities that they might look out for?
1: When youth run away and if they are usually being persuaded, I know on social media, it's been a big thing where some young ladies have been you know, left with their boyfriends and then they don't come back. And a lot of times, unfortunately, gangs are involved as some of the perpetrators of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And so they traffic these young ladies or young men. So a lot of times when there's that involvement or when the youth is kind of separated from the home and also it could be a disheveled appearance or or just kind of wearing the same clothes all the time or just feeling looking like they're very tired or things like that. Those are just more physical signs, but you can't assume that that's what's happening. I think a lot of times it's just having that conversation. A lot of times too, like I mentioned with this young lady about being a little paranoid and kind of guarded, that's another sign where they feel like they're always kind of having to watch what's happening and checking in and those those types of things. It really is one of those things where you have to kind of have a conversation and you can't make assumptions. Unfortunately, it also tends to be mostly teens, young ladies, but it could be anybody. And a lot of times too, they're, they're scared because they might be threatening their families or they might be threatening them. There was another instance in our library where another young lady, but this young lady was very lucky because her parents came to us and they wanted to talk about their daughter that had run away and that they had spoken to the police already and that had suspicions that she might be a victim of sex trafficking and be involved in sex trafficking. So she ended up running away with a an older man and she had been spotted near the library with him and they the mom had even seen her outside of the library but couldn't get to her and as soon as the daughter had seen her she kind of ran away from her. And so they knew that she might be coming to the library. Sure enough, this was a, about a week before I actually saw the young lady. When she showed me the picture, we recognized her being somebody that maybe had been in and out. A week later, she came in. She was just kind of looking around. She was looking at the shelves. She looked a little bit off as well. And like, she just was kind of watching her back. And so we were able to get the police in the building on time to talk to her and call the parent. I was just very happy that the parent was able to connect. And I mean, this parent was relentless and we worked with him and I connected him with the somebody else that could provide more resources because one of his concerns was I I don't want this to happen to any of my other daughters. The reason she was coming into library was because she was using social media and Facebook. And she would send just very obscure messages to her siblings saying, I'm okay. I'm... I was happy that the library was able to help getting her back to the home.
0: For our librarians who are listening, what can they do if they want to start a similar program? What do you think are first steps?
1: Reach out to the experts in the community. Reach out to the folks that have been doing this work for a very long time, that have the knowledge, that have the resources, and start these collaborations. Learning more about it and maybe, you know, I think the staff training really, really helped for us because it just kind of presented it in a way, a topic that maybe was not something that a lot of people were thinking about. So, and then the being being ready for, like, when we're presenting, you're presenting this topic, being sensitive to how people might react and being ready with resources for staff as well for them to be able to digest it and then start presenting it to the community. Staff is feeling comfortable then presenting resources and this information to the community. Our library website has a lot of resources where things that we have collected on this topic and there's an actual tab just for this. So, look at the San Diego Library website and then resources. There's a section there for uh, different articles. There are a couple of videos and there's statistics
0: as well. Well, that was a lot of great information. Thank you for taking the time to share it with us and I wish you much success with your program.